Welcome to Remain. We're Arn and Trina. This one is for the weary, those still in the middle of their story of marriage, ministry, or chronic illness. This is a call to remain. This is our 22nd episode, and it just occurred to me that it was almost a year ago that I wrote down the word remain. It was a year ago that this idea uh, was very heavy on my heart to come alongside those in hard seasons to encourage them to remain because hard seasons are very uh, difficult. Hard seasons are very intense. Uh, and do you know what else is intense? What? Camping. Oh, no. Oh, no. Camping. <laughs> is intense this is why you did not tell me what you were going to say at the beginning of the podcast i just said follow me because you were going to make a dad joke uh so we've been talking about (laughs) camping and um we have some ideas we have i think two sleeping bags and we have a coffee pot and And i think that's it and we have a two-person tent that i got from buy nothing okay except none of us will fit in it Okay. You're too big and the kids are like Okay, so we have <laughs> ideas. Uh sorry, when we said intense. But that's we are actually going camping in like a month. It's basically a month from now. So um please pray that by that time we will have more actual camping gear. <laughs> yeah. We need a little bit more <laughs> than the coffee and well all you need is the bag. coffee, really. And you guys. <laughs> yeah, with the afterthought after the coffee. <laughs> so, welcome back. We are glad that you've joined us. And uh, just, I think, a few minutes ago, uh, you found an old uh, journal entry. Mm. And you had written something that you want to share with us. Well, this was just interesting because I found a journal entry from April of 2018, so like three years ago. And it was basically a prayer in a really difficult uh, season at that time. Um, and I was uh, praying and really asking God to turn up in an area that was very confusing and um, just shrouded with difficulty and questions. And I just, this is what I wanted to read. <laughs> it was just this one line. I was praying and I said to God, but if we still need to sit in the gray, I ask for much new sustaining grace so if we still need to stay in this hazy like confusing season then lord like you really need to turn up because we're struggling and what's interesting is when i looked back on that prayer there was very specific things i was praying about and some of the issues from that prayer actually resolved and answered in very incredible and surprising ways praise jesus And some of the issues from that prayer are very much still there. Uh, Still things that we are wrestling with and confused about and not sure how God is really guiding. Um, And so that was just very interesting. It was very interesting to come across that. So our topic today is looking at how prayer can often be a struggle, the struggle of praying. So in the midst of hardship and pain, how do we keep 
praying? How do we remain in prayer in the midst of exhaustion, uh, trauma, anxiety, uh, depression? Okay, it's really, really hard to pray as a Christian. And then on top of that, when you're not praying like that, uh, you feel guilty for not praying. And then you conclude that you're not uh, good enough of a Christian. And that thought can become unbearable. Because in hard seasons, it already feels like you're drowning. But when you add that extra burden, that guilt, that sense of failure, it's like you're drowning and then someone hands you a heavy backpack instead of a lifesaver. Mm. And, and so one issue that comes to mind is um, in such hard seasons, um, our hearts are not quiet. We cannot quiet our hearts uh, we cannot quiet our thoughts. We cannot quiet our uh, circumstances. Mm. So, so when we feel that the house is on fire and when we feel that our mind has just run a marathon, uh, we cannot easily pray. We cannot pray well. We assume that things need to quiet down outside, inside, quiet down so that we can pray better. And here are some pictures that come to mind. Mm -hmm. So we were thinking of some areas of this, like um, seasons where prayer might be extra difficult. And one of them is definitely in trauma. So um, facing a season that's really traumatic or uh, going through post-traumatic stress disorder after something that kind of leaves you completely traumatized. And I mean, we have some friends who have been going through this at the moment with some really crazy health issues and you know in the hospital when you are you know at the emergency room there's a million thoughts going through your head um, a million things running through your mind and um, I've had friends text me from the hospital saying things like I can't pray like I don't know what to pray I don't have words to pray like I'm so scared like please just pray for me because basically in that moment, you, um, your body is in this fight or flight mode. Um, it's in this adrenaline is pumping, you know, trauma brings a ton of unnecessary adrenaline at times, sometimes necessary adrenaline, but, um, and it's so difficult. So, um, that's definitely a time where it's very difficult to pray because, let's say there's something traumatic and you're going to rush to the ER. You're in go mode. You're thinking, you're fixing, you're doing, uh, you're packing a bag for the ER. You're making sure, let's say there's babysitting for the kids. There's snacks for you because you know you're going to be there a long time. Uh, for example, I remember this one time years ago, we needed to go to the ER and we knew it was not life-threatening, but we knew that it was a severe pain that you were having Mm -hmm. And we knew from what the doctor said, we really need to go. But I was like, I don't want to go. I am not wasting one more day at the ER. Like, I know I'm not dying. <laughs> like, I, I knew I wasn't dying. I was like, I don't want to go and sit there. Like, we need to eat. We need to. And Arne was like, let's pack a picnic. <laughs> and, and we've spent hours in the waiting room and we didn't want to do that. And so we went in and we said, um, we're going to sit outside on the bench when it's our turn please call us and so we actually unpacked our bag and we had tacos and chips and leftovers 
and we had our maybe the most interesting date uh, <laughs> at that table. But even though we were just kind of waiting, um, after an hour, hour and a half, we went in and <laughs> we said, no one's called our name. And we're like, uh, and they're like, we called you already, like about over an hour ago. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we called you guys. And then we just moved on to the next person because nobody. And I was like, we ex- specifically said we were sitting outside. And they were like, oh, sorry, nobody passed along that message. So that's just a funny story about maybe the moral of the story is don't go have a date outside the ER. Like, just go to the ER. But in those moments, like we said, it's really hard to pray. Prayer is not the first thing that comes to mind because you're you're rushing. You're, you're trying to run and get help either for yourself or for a loved one. And in that moment of intensity, it's really hard to quiet your heart, uh, to pause, to stop, to think and pray. Hmm. So another time where it's really hard to pray is in a long kind of prolonged season of pain pain, suffering. Um, and again, we have friends and loved ones in this season. Um, you know, maybe they've been praying and hoping for something and it's just, it's just not happening. Um, we've been through that. I think we are in that still in some ways. So, um, and in this season, you are worn out beyond measure. Like you are spent. Um, and like there just is not enough energy left to pray. Um, I actually look back on some of my journals from the darkest seasons of my sickness and I get very overwhelmed by just, I feel like they're just basically comprised of two words. It's like Jesus help, Jesus help, Jesus help, like over and over. And I look at them, I feel kind of like just, it's heavy. It just feels like a lot. And I'm like, this is like what I prayed. Like at my darkest, it was just this like this cry, this cry. There was no like there are times that there's depth to it, but in the worst seasons of like just this prolonged pain, it was this like, turn up, please turn up. Like, where are you? Um, and so there are, you know, seasons like this of ongoing disappointments, ongoing detours and dead ends and unanswered prayers. And they are excruciatingly exhausting for your faith and th- can be really just, hard for your prayer life so long unanswered prayer this is kind of like my issue with it I feel like in these long drawn out seasons it can prayer can really bring up uncomfortable thoughts and feelings like it's not a comfortable place to sit it can open up a can of worms and bring up more questions about your faith than answers and that tension that wrestle with doubt with like god like where are you in this like how are you at work in this what are you doing like i thought you are for me and yet everything that's going on right now it does not seem or feel like that and so it's a really hard place to sit in that. And I'll be honest, I have actually run from that place many a time. Um, run and I'm like, I, I can't go back there. Like right now, that is so overwhelming. Like my soul is like feeling just, I can't do it right now. And so as we think about the long unanswered prayers Uh, One picture that came to mind was imagine that 
your theology, your doctrines, your belief in God um, is, consists of different bedrooms in the house. And imagine that each room of the house represents a different uh, truth about God. Let's say that one bedroom is, is more about the presence and nearness about God. One room is the goodness and grace, or one room is about the sovereignty and the power. And we realize that in seasons of just prolonged suffering, each of the bedrooms are getting messy. And so there are days where you feel that your um, acceptance and rest in, let's say, the goodness, the nearness of God is really being uh, kind of ruined. And the room's very messy. And you work really hard to clean up that room, to clean up your understanding, to to clean up your un, um your, your faith in the goodness of God. But as soon as you clean up one room, the next room gets all messy, right? The next room, let's say, that is more about the power and the sovereignty of God. And so on that day, you're, you're doubting, you're wondering, where is God? Can God really help? Can God really control or fix or heal or restore, right? And, and, then, and then that room is done, and then you start uh, doubting the presence of God, and that bedroom is all messy, right? That bedroom is all kind of jumbled up together and you start wondering, really, is God here? Is God with me? Uh, is God close to me? And as soon as you start cleaning that room, another one gets messy. So in times of hardship, um, our theology is is like that. It's, it's, it's continually being worked upon. Mm. And that kind of messiness, uh, wrestling in our faith, trying to clean and polish it is very hard. Yeah, it's 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 uncomfortable. That's for sure. Um, another season where prayer is difficult, prayers a struggle, is in anxiety or depression or any other kind of mental health um, issue that you might be facing. I know we have been there. We have some like dear friends, dear loved ones. Um, who are in that place right now. And maybe, you know, on the outside, it seems like everything in their life is okay. Maybe their circumstances and their physical health are fine, but nothing feels right or nothing is right on the inside because mental health is very real and that can just overtake and cloud everything else, everything else about your life. Um, and it's extremely confusing and tiring and you might not even be feeling like yourself. It almost feels like you have lost yourself along the way. I know that mental health struggles can really feel like that. Um, and on the outside, because people can't see anything wrong with you, you might just feel like that makes you feel more crazy um, because people might not be as compassionate and as caring as if you had like a diagnosed physical health issue that was visible. And so it can cause you to be struggling with mental health for like a long time, can cause you to be confused, can cause you to really struggle with prayer and even like knowing what to pray or how to pray, feeling like, you know, you just feeling like you just can't pray. Um, so that's a very, another very real thing. Um, a final one. Mm when the hard season is over i wonder if that is a hard time to pray as well and here's here's what i'm thinking um when that hard season is over when the issue is resolved when the prayer is answered 
Thanksgiving doesn't come easy. And, and then you feel guilty for not being thankful enough. Because your soul is tired, uh, you are completely exhausted. Imagine uh, you came home from a long road trip. Okay, Your tendency is not really to sit down immediately and look through pictures. Well, you need to clean the car. You need to do two days worth of laundry. Uh, and then you jokingly tell people that you need another vacation where you just sleep and rest and recover. So, so sometimes Thanksgiving and celebration doesn't come quickly or naturally. That's a fight as well. Because even when that specific hard season is over, you're burnt out. Yeah, I think something I can kind of give as an example of that. Um, I have a friend that I met uh, through my chronic illness. Um, she also struggled with severe chronic illness. And God, in his mercy, like completely restored her health, like completely healed her. But this woman, this lady, had really been through like worse than I have walked through just just. I, I still can't believe some of her story and what she had gone through until God just did a miracle in her life. But she said that things were so difficult and so hard for so long and that her husband and her um, were so overwhelmed and so spent and so broken that she said when we came out of that time of suffering, when God miraculously healed me and it was like we came out on the other side of it. She said, I thought we were going to emerge from there like these victorious, like thankful, excited, like passionate people. She's like, actually, Trina, we came out of that season of suffering completely like battle weary and like traumatized we came out of that season she said it's almost like we came out of that season like soldiers who had seen like the worst thing on the battlefield and now like they just needed therapy and to re recuperate she said we came out and we were so spent we did not feel joyful we did not feel thankful we felt like we couldn't pray and i was like that is like such a perfect picture of people who've just gone through pain. And so that's another time when it is really hard. It can be really hard to pray. And then you can feel so bad. Like <gasps> I was waiting for God to like heal me, for example. And here it is. He's done this amazing work of healing in my life. And look at me like now I'm not even being thankful. Then you start feeling guilty. Then you go down this rabbit hole and it just it's really sad. It's really sad that I feel even the enemy is like, hey, I'm going to come in on this and make you feel worse when you know what, friend, you're just hurting and it is okay to hurt. In those situations, it's not helpful to ask the person in suffering, well, are you praying about this? And so we need to be that friend who prays for them. Um, there are two things we want to point out. Number one, the intercessory prayer of the saints. So I was remembering um, years ago, I think you were just diagnosed with your uh, Lyme disease that, I don't know, somehow we connected with another couple, um, missionaries, um, Christian missionaries, where the wife had battled um, this illness a number of years, a lot longer than you. And she was sharing this story where she was in a very painful and excruciating place 
And a friend of hers approached her and said, how, how was your quiet time? You know, how was your quiet time before the Lord, you know, reading the Bible and praying and meditation? And her, her response from a place of just brokenness and groaning was, what quiet time? To which the friend answered, I will have quiet time for you. Every day. Meaning, you're not able to quiet your heart to read, to pray, to believe. But as your friend, I'm going to sit in this with you and I'm going to quietly, fervently pray for you. And so when we're not able to stand, we need that intercessory prayer of friends to, so that we can lean on them. So, so maybe rather than texting someone in suffering, you know, to ask them, hey, how, how can I pray for you? Maybe you call them. And, and wherever they are, you don't ask for an update. You don't, you don't ask them how they're feeling. You just say, I'm going to pray for you right now. Mm-hmm. Or, or when you see them, um, rather than just talking about things or rather than asking them to retell the story of what happened or give us an update, you stop what you're doing even if you're out in public, right? You give them a hug and you pray for them. Because they're not able to see or rest in or believe certain things and they need we we need the faith of our friends uh just like that passage in mark 2 um when the the a few people brought the paralytic to jesus they tore the roof of the house they brought the paralytic over and it says when jesus saw their faith the faith of the saints is quite important yeah Um, I think just another thing to remember as you pray for them is we can like, if we don't know what to pray, because that really happens. I think when you're interceding for someone who's in pain, sometimes it's just, okay, Lord, I've said like, please help. Like, I don't know what to pray for them. Uh, Use scripture in your prayer. Pray scripture for them. Like there's so much biblical truth. There's so much in the Bible so many verses about suffering and about God's sovereignty, about God's care. There's really, there's a treasure trove in there full of that. So you can pray biblical truth for them. You can pray verses for them, scripture for them, if you don't know what to pray. And you have no idea how God can use that in their life. So the second type of um, prayer we wanted to point out so intercessory prayer of the saints and intercessory prayer of the savior okay the prayers of the savior and this is one of the more neglected doctrines of the bible the intercession of jesus and now a few of these following points are not ours uh they come back from uh, that book by ortland uh gentle and lowly that we um mentioned a couple episodes about uh, before and and he points out that this is neglected uh, Jesus intercedes, and, and that doesn't mean that something was lacking in the atonement. The intercession of Jesus is more about the application of that atonement, the, the application of that grace, a, a reflection of what he's already accomplished. It's that moment-by-moment application uh, giving to us the sustaining grace that he had already given before as saving grace. And this kind of intercession is not something mechanical 
or formulaic. Uh, this kind of intercession is not given to us like our Verizon bill that's set up for automatic payments, right? Without thinking, um, I just get a notification that my Verizon bill was paid. It's not automatic like that. It is not mindless like that. The intercession of Jesus is very personal. Uh, moment by moment, it's coming from his rich heart of love. So here are two passages for you. Mm, Luke twenty-two thirty-two. I love this. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So Jesus is aware that there is something very serious going on. There is spiritual warfare going on. And he says, I am personally praying for you, mm -hmm. Simon. And because I'm praying, your faith will not fail. He, here's another one from Hebrews 7, where um, the author compares the priesthood that we see in the Old Testament with the priesthood of Jesus. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he, as in Jesus, holds his priesthood, priesthood permanently, okay, because he continues forever and i guess this ties back to the resurrection right that we've talked about recently he he continues forever priesthood is permanent verse 25 consequently he's able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to god through him since he always lives to make intercession for them and so when he says he's able to save to the uttermost meaning his, his, he's able to save completely, comprehensively. His heart is drawn there. He is longing for that. He lovingly is doing that because his priesthood is eternal and it is perfect. Mm. So this is a quote from Burkhoff in his Systematic Theology. And we just thought this was such a perfect picture of what we're trying to kind of talk about today. Um, it says... It is a consoling thought that Christ is praying for us even when we are negligent in our prayer life. That he is presenting to the Father those spiritual needs which were not present to our minds and which we often neglect to include in our prayers. And that he prays for our protection against the dangers of which we are not even conscious. And against the enemies which threaten us, though we do not notice it. He is praying that our faith may not cease and that we may come out victoriously in the end. So that's Burkhoff um, in his Systematic Theology. And that is a crazy quote. Even when ne we're negligent, when we're like not praying, Christ is praying for us. That's not a reason. That's not an excuse not to pray. But it's a beautiful reminder of the kind of Savior that we have and his grace. And so if you are in that season, something sudden 
something hard and traumatic. If you are in that season of prolonged uh, disappointment and unanswered prayer, uh, maybe a long season of depression and mental health issues, even though everything seems fine on the outside, take comfort. Christians around you are there to pray. But much more than that, Jesus is the high priest who is able to provide you not just saving grace, but sustaining grace because he intercedes for you. He is bringing your needs before the Father each hour. Amen.